0: This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, The study we have prepared this afternoon is... On a simple phrase from Scripture, and occasionally we take and pull a phrase uh, from a passage, and this particular passage is Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12. And so, if you want to turn to Ephesians 4, I've pulled New King James uh, just because I kind of like the wording a little bit better. It's not a whole lot different, really, than King James. And so we'll read the passage and then we'll talk about some things. And I hope the application will be an encouragement to you and a help to you. And so in his letter to the church at Ephesus, the Apostle Paul says, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so we talk about ministry and that may be a word some people don't like very good. The idea of a minister or a ministry ministry. Uh, It's a very common word in the religious world and in the religious realm. And a lot of different people talk about a ministry. But here in the letter that the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, he says this in the sense of uh, edifying the body of Christ. The work of ministry he prescribes to the saints. They are to do this work is the idea. So now I want to back up and catch verse 11 And he says, he himself, this would be Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And so now we back up for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And so Jesus has sent some people within the church. He's created some offices in the church Very specifically with a specific role and a specific task. And that's what I want to talk to you about today because it's very critical. Now I do evangelistic work and so I go to a lot of congregations and work with a lot of places. And every one of those congregations without fail is in the same place. They need more people to be active. Every one. Every congregation needs a bigger core group of people who have dedicated to everything that the church does. Every congregation, I don't care what size it is because I go to some that are bigger and I go to some that are smaller. Everyone is in the same boat for this sense. And so Jesus put these people if apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, that would be elders and teachers. And so the idea today that we want to talk about is exactly what does this mean. And so I decided, and I don't normally do this, that I was going to look at some other versions of the scriptures. And so the first one that I pulled was American Standard Version. And I don't know a whole, whole lot about it. It doesn't seem too bad to me. I'm not here to promote it. Or one or another. But I want you to notice he says in the American Standard. For the perfecting of the saints unto the work of ministering. Unto the building up of the body of Christ. I kind of like that. I kind of like the way that puts that. He gave elders, evangelists and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. What does that mean? To perfect the saints. To help the saints to be what they should be. To help them be perfect or complete, I believe, is the sense of the word. Uh, the next one I pulled was the Bible in basic English. This is not a real common one. Uh, in fact, it may only be available in electronic stuff. So if you have a Bible on your phone, you might could get this one. But it's, it's an interesting version because it used the, the most simple 1,000 words is what it used. So if you like simple, this is kind of it. It says, For the training of the saints as servants in the church... For the building up of the body of Christ. Well, this makes it pretty simple. He gave elders, evangelists, and teachers. For the training of the saints. And that's the idea. Is the work of ministry needs to happen. People need to be trained. To do church work. So that the church can be built up. That's the idea. So the building of the body can be perfected, can be done. I'll ask you a question. Why? Why is this important? And you may, you may even say, and it would be very fair, Sean, you preach on this stuff a lot. And in some ways that's true. Why is this important? Why do the saints need to be equipped? Why does the church need to be built up? Why do these things need to happen? Why are you wanting me to get up and do something all the time? Fair question. I had a few ideas and here's a couple of them I want to throw at you. It's God's will. It's clearly God's will. He's put it in the scriptures. There's a whole lot of things that are in the scriptures and they're all God's will. That's one. Secondly, God wants thriving churches. He wants churches that are active and flourishing. That's the idea. And he, by this, proves that it's important for everyone to be involved. The churches that I see that are strong have lots of people involved. And that's the notion. That's one of the ideas. Every saint has something. And I've talked about it before and I'll talk about it again if I have opportunity before I die. Every person here has talent and ability and we need it all. We need every one of you's talent. We need every one of your ability to help this church to thrive. And so I want to get to one of the great whys. And this is it right here. Because the fact is, we all need help. I don't know if you know it, we all need help. Do you know when I give my first sermon? You know, there's only a handful of people in this room that was alive to hear my first one. Jack, I was 14 years old, 14. I preached for eight minutes. And now there may be some people here today who wish he would preach eight minutes today. Not going to happen today, I'm going to preach a little longer than that today. Well, I had people that helped me. I had people that reached out to me. My dad helped me put my first sermon together. He sent me down and he helped me to do that. And you know what? That's been a great blessing to me in my life. That's changed my life to have that. I remember leading my first song. I was really nervous. I grabbed a hold of my book. I wasn't going to keep time. Joe Dukes got up and grabbed my arm, jerked it loose from the book. My arm was keeping time. No son, the grandson of Joe Dukes was going to lead a song without keeping time. Do you know what? Along the way in my life, I've had people help me and reach out and offer a hand and say, let me help you. Not just to learn, but to help me through struggles of life through the struggles of growing up, through the struggles of being a teenager, through the struggles of being a young married man and a father. Along the way, I've had a lot of people reach out a hand to me and say, let me help you. And it's, it's made me what I am. And the fact is, we all need that. The truth is, every one of us needs this right here. Someone to reach out and go, let me help you. You know what the end game, the big why? I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. Isn't that the idea? And there's a whole lot of things that are fighting against us. I mean, this old world that we live in is terrible. It's just shocking to me how terrible it is. How many things are against the church? I mean, we're in a a world today where essentially our government is against the church. It's crazy. We, We live in a world today where there's so much societal pressure on young people. It's horrible. And what a monumental challenge it is today to live and be a good Christian person. It is a tremendous challenge today to live your life and be a Christian. And there are so many things pulling us this way or that. Not to mention, I'm just getting started. Not to mention the storms of life. When the troubles and the trials come. When the car wrecks hit and there's a death in the family or on and on and on. All those things happen. I want to go to heaven. And it's going to take help. Do you know what? It may not take just a little bit of help. It may take a lot of help. Every one of us. Not a little I mean a lot. Wouldn't it be better? Let me ask you a question. Do you think we'd be better if we had two elders or ten? Which do you think would be better? Four deacons or fifteen? Fifteen teachers or thirty? Which would be better? We got two, two or three little kids. What would be better, 10 little kids or 30 or 40? What would be better? We all know, everyone here can answer this question. Would we be better with 100 people or 200 people? We all go 200. Now, there may be the odd hermit out there that goes, no, 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 we need seven people. We know that's not the answer. The more people that we have lending a hand, the more people that you can go to and say, hey, I need help. The more people that you're comfortable with going, I don't know what to do. I need help. And there's somebody there that goes, I can help you. I've been there. I've been there. Brethren, that's why this matters. We all need a lot of help getting to heaven. That's a fact. We, everyone, need help. And we need all the help we can get. We need everybody that we can get to help us. And the more that we get, the better it'll get. We may go through some growing pains as we grow. But the better we do, the more active we are, the more people we get involved, the better and better this is going to get. And all this applies to the work of ministry. The word ministry is fairly simple. It means service to do something, or the word ministering. Uh, And it is defined as especially of those who execute the commands of others. We're not here just doing what we want to do because we want to hang out. We're here trying to execute the commands of our Lord and Savior. That's the idea. And in some way, we're here to execute the commands of the elders. So the work of ministry, number one, and if I'm really going to make this simple, is it's just that, it's work. It takes effort, and it is simply the work of the church. And so I try to think of maybe some new and different way to do this. I really don't think I can think of that. What is the business of the church? Well, the business of the church is saving souls. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. I want to ask you a question. Why are we having a gospel meeting? We don't have to. You know, I I know churches that go eight or ten years and don't have gospel meetings. We don't have to. Well, why do we do that? Because we want to teach the gospel. We want to preach and teach the gospel. We want people to hear. And so we have a gospel meeting because it generates a little bit of excitement. It's an opportunity for us to bring people in, which is the business of the church. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now doesn't that go all the way to Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12 to equip the saints for the work of ministry? That's the idea. And so the work of the church is certainly the gospel. That's the idea. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. As members of the church, we try to plant a seed in someone's heart. And we hope that seed will grow. And we come along every once in a while and we water it. And then here comes Josh and he waters a little bit. And I come back and water a little bit. And we wait we may scatter some more seeds. And here comes Bevered by. And he waters a little bit. See. And then Alexis come by and water. This is the work of the church. This is ministry. I don't know what you think of when you think of ministry. But I'm here to tell you this is ministry. It's to go by and talk with someone. And visit with someone. And encourage someone. And to help them to grow as a Christian. And maybe that is don't do this. Maybe that is to say, don't do this, don't go over there, don't get involved with that. Or maybe it is, hey, you're doing great, Uh, think about this verse, maybe it'll help you. Very simple things that are all relationship is the work of the church. Acts chapter 8, verse 4, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. The only reason I want to have this is because we noticed the early church was out preaching the word, which is planting and watering. And that's the work of the church. And so as you have opportunity, as a member of this church, I want to encourage you to be involved in talking to people about the Bible. That's a challenge, challenging thing. Say, hey, I want to talk to you. I want to invite you to our, our gospel meeting. That's the idea. <clears> 1 <throat> Corinthians 3, verse 5. So we read just verse 6. We're going now verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers? What does the word mean? A servant. One who executes the commands. What's the command? Plant water. That's the idea. Paul and Apollos were ministers by whom ye believed. Do you know there's people in this room that were ministers to my faith? Certainly. Guys in this room who got up and preached when I was just a kid. Sitting there listening. There were days I didn't listen. Days I didn't listen well. There came a point in my life where I really started to listen. These people had an effect on me. And you can too. You can be a minister by whom someone believes. He says, even as the Lord gave to every man. These guys were out there preaching and teaching in Corinth. And they had an effect on people. Now, chapter 9, verse 1. The apostle says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Now listen carefully. Are not ye my work? in the Lord I'm the result of someone's work you are too there's a lot of effort first time I went to Nigeria we studied with a guy who's in our security team and, and baptized him I baptized him I remember thinking that's crazy This is crazy. Here I am baptizing this guy in Nigeria. It was a little kid from Allison, Texas. Now, it ain't like I saved him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. The Lord saves him. I I played a little part. I did a Bible study with the guy. You know what happened by extension? That's part of your work here. The people here. That's the idea. I go back a year or two later and he comes up and hugs me. He said, you're my father in the faith. I said, that ain't true. I said, that ain't. But you know what? That is true in a sense. Just the way it's true that I've, he's part of the work that I did. It's just the way of it. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are the workmanship of Jesus. What is workmanship? Matt makes a leather belt. That's workmanship, isn't it? We see his work, right? And the Lord—it's his work. He, he crafted the apostles. And they went out and taught person after person after person. I mean, do you realize verbally the gospel's been going from person to person since Jesus all the way to you and me? From man to man, from woman to woman. And it still works that way today. And if we're his workmanship, then we need to be like the apostles. We're created. We're ordained for good works is the idea. Okay, so I want to change gears just a little bit. The work of ministry is just that. It's church work. And there's a whole lot of things that go into that. Secondly, elders oversee this work. We need somebody to orchestrate this work. And that's the idea. And so we're going to go back to Ephesians 4. And I hope you don't get tired of it. Just keep your thumb there. And I want you to notice... Uh, and this group of people that he describes, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Let well, me ask you a question. Why are deacons on this list? You ever think about that? Well, the only thing I can come up with is, is deacons could certainly help, I suppose. But deacons are not teachers in their natures. Elders have got to be apt to teach or skilled in teaching. Uh, deacons don't necessarily have to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Certainly not. But he's describing a group of people here that are teachers in nature. Evangelists are teachers. Elders are teachers. And quite obviously teachers are teachers, aren't they? And their job is to equip the saints and so pastors as elders have to oversee this work first Peter 5 verses 2 and 3 he says feed the flock of God which is among you taking the oversight thereof this is the admonition of Peter who was an elder to the other elders he's talking to take the oversight thereof well what is oversight it's just management it's to to look over a thing and make sure it's working good that's the idea of oversight And if you look at all the words behind elder, there's several, but it's pastor, which means shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He makes sure a flock's growing and does good. One of the other words is superintendent. What does a superintendent do? He makes sure a school runs well, doesn't he? He makes sure kids learn. That's the idea. And so when Peter says to elders, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. What is the idea? Make sure this thing works. That's why it's important every congregation have elders. Because elders have got a responsibility. Make sure this thing works. Make sure these saints are equipped. Make sure there's people who know how to teach. Make sure there's people who can handle someone having a divorce. Help people to learn how to do Bible studies. Help people to learn how to go talk to people. Help guys to learn how to lead songs and teach. Help ladies to learn. See, that's the idea. All right, that's verse 2. Now verse 3. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. We've studied this word before. It doesn't just mean example. It means to mold. That's the idea. To mold. I tricked Josh into helping me pour some concrete one time. And uh, we had to mold. We had to form out of boards. And if you pour concrete out on the ground, it's just going to heap up in a blob, ain't it? But we took that and we, we molded it. We pushed it around. We smoothed it up. We made it fit. That's the idea behind this word. Mold the flock. Equip the saints. That's the idea. And so elders have the responsibility to make certain that the church is working. That's why he, Jesus, gave elders to equip the saints. This is the command of Jesus. This is the commission of Jesus. So I want you to think about this with me. If we all get busy and we all work together, a church will thrive, a church will grow. That's what he's described here. We're going to read all this. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Listen carefully. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want to keep reading. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This one's kind of challenging. What does this mean? Unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God, perfect man. What is all this talking about? He's talking about a mature church. He's describing maturity. A fully functioning, highly active, hardworking, everybody involved church. If you back up and think about this, we work together, that's unity. We have knowledge because we've been taught. We are a perfect man because we're complete to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What does that mean right there? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want to tell you what I believe it means. When I was a little kid growing up, every once in a while we'd go to Joe and Nelders or my other grandparents. Or maybe it happened even at home. My parents would say, you're really growing. And I remember thinking, "Hmm, I'm growing. And they'd back you up against the wall and they'd say, stand up right here. We're going to see how tall you are. Stand up straight now. I'd go, wow. And there'd be three or four marks and we'd compare. You've grown two inches. I want you to think about the fullness of Christ. Everything that Jesus is. How do you compare? How do you measure up? I will ask you a question. Are you the man that God wants you to be? Are you the woman that God wants you to be? Why not? If you're not, why not? How do you measure up? He describes the elders, the evangelists, the teachers' job is to help us to grow together to be what we ought to be. Now I want to go to heaven. You do too. The best chance we got is if we all put everything we got and work together. <clears throat> okay. So this is what he's describing. Maturity, growth, To be what he would have us be. And I want to keep going. That we henceforth be no more children. Why? Because we're mature. Tossed to and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. You see people that way. Who every little thing catches their eye. And they just can never settle in and help. They can never settle in and work. As an adult would work. This is what he described. Don't be that. Because we're mature, because we're grown, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. That's the idea. The devil does not want us to accomplish this work. And so the devil goes about trying to deceive and distract and get people all caught up in all kinds of other things except the work of ministry. Just get your eyes on all this other stuff. Get your focus over here and over here and over there. Get you all tricked up and deceived and messed up. That's the work of the devil because he hates the church. Now let's wind it up. But speaking the truth in love, he's describing the work of the church. Equipping the saints so that we all do this work, speak the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. To grow up as a Christian, become what we should be as Christians. And then he says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together. Fitly joined together. Put together right. What if you had a foot off your elbow? And no foot at all where it ought to be. What if you had an eye in your heel? What if your body wasn't put together right, was all jumbled up? Wouldn't be too good, would it? From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. What does your little piggy toe supply? Not much, is it? Not much. Mind about that long. It ain't very pretty, it kinda twists over to the side. It can't do much. It's too little. But you know what it does a whole lot for balance? Every joint supplies something. Every person that's a part of the church, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, every joint supplies a part that helps the whole thing work. Now he wraps it all up right here. Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. He's talking about a congregation being self-sustaining. The elders equip the saints. The saints embrace the equipping. The saints get trained. And the saints do the work. And as elders go, there'll be more elders. As teachers go, there'll be more teachers. That's the idea, and we'll grow. We'll slowly grow. And he's talking about strong growth. <clears throat> I don't know how well y'all can see this. I never threw a javelin. I always thought that'd be fun, throw a javelin. Bevered may have thrown one, or Garland, I, don't, I never did. I want ask you a question. What part of the body... Is not being used. I'm going to tell you. Every part of this guy. His voice. I guarantee you when he gets to the end. He goes. "Ah!" And even his voice is propelling this thing. Everything he's got. And that's the idea. Behind the passage of scripture. Every joint supplies something. Something. Every joint. I'm going to tell you, and if this fella has got a big toe or a little toe that ain't working, he ain't going to throw. He just ain't. It's not going to work the way it ought to work. And I hope you can see from this illustration today that the more people that we get in the core of the church working, the more the church grows, the more active that we are together. The better. The better it's going to work. That's the idea. So how does it all work together? Elders provide direction and equip the members. That's the idea. The member must follow the elders and embrace the equipping. So when an elder comes to you and says, "I I need you. I need you to do this for me. You need to say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And embrace it. Embrace that. And maybe it sounds too simple, but then we all work together to accomplish the work of ministry. We just work together. We go talk to people. We get involved with people. We meet people in the community and we say hello. We go to somebody's office or business and we say, would you like to study the Bible? And they're going to say yes or no and we just repeat I want to tell you something. If you ask ten people in this community to come visit our gospel meeting, how many do you think will come? Jace, how many do you think will come? Three out of ten? You think I'm too high. One out of ten? Two out of ten if we ask ten people? I want to ask you a question. If we ask a hundred people, how many will come? If we ask a thousand people, how many will come? I mean, at some point, it's going to be a certain number of people. A certain percentage, if we put in the effort. If we ask one person to study, they may say no. If we ask ten people to study, most of them will say no. If we ask a hundred people to study, we might study with ten people. If we ask a thousand people, you see how it's going to work? It's effort. It's work. It's activity. Is the idea. And we all can work together to accomplish the ministry. Now, Romans chapter 12 is a great passage of Scripture... It's, it's, we got four verses here, so I want to read these to you. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. I don't know if you noticed, we got about a hundred members of this congregation, and we got fifteen to eighteen preachers, teachers. They're not. We're not all preachers, are we? We're just not. Out of a hundred people, we got two elders. That's not. We don't all have that job. But we're all members of one body and we don't have the same office. That's okay. So we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. Even though you're not the elder or maybe you're not a teacher, you're a member that we all work together. That's the first couple of verses. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. That's our talents and abilities. We need to use them. Everyone has something different. Every person here a different ability. A different talent. And if we'll use them all, what a well-rounded bunch we are. And the things that I just can't do, someone here can. The things that our elders can't do, other people here can't. The things our deacons can't do, someone else cares. Because we all have gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. And he goes on to say, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. So if in these days they were given spiritual gift. If your gift was given to you was prophecy, then prophesy. He says, according to the proportion of faith. He says, or ministry, if that's your gift, let us wait on our ministering. In other words, do that job. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. Or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. If your gift is giving money, do it. Do it. If your gift is being a servant, then do it. I had a fellow told me the other day, he said, I'd like to go on a meeting with you and just be a servant. I said, really? He said, I'd like that. I said, I like your attitude. You know what? We need that. We need servants. We need teachers. We need people to encourage us and one another. Then he says, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Do we need to have mercy? Certainly we do. Okay, that got me through verse 8. Next passage. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you. What does this mean? Is he talking about the president? Is he talking about the governor of Texas? Is he talking about husbands? I think if you look at the passage carefully, what he's describing is elders. Obey them that have their rule over you. He's talking about elders. He says to submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. That describes their work as oversight, as that they must give account, that they may do it with joy, not with grief that is unprofitable to you. I don't know if you realize it, but we have a responsibility to follow the elders. You individually have a responsibility to follow the elders. And if they ask you to do something, you have a responsibility to do it. Now, clearly, they're not going to ask you something wacky that you have no ability to do. They're not going to ask you to do something that's crazy and wrong. We're not talking about all these far out there ideas we're talking about when it comes to church work and the work of the church obey them that have the rule over you why? Because that's what makes the church go so when the elder asks you to come to some training come to some training if the elder asks you to go visit somebody that's sick, well go An elder may ask you to do something you're not very comfortable with. I will tell you with all my heart, they've asked me to do things I wasn't comfortable with. You know what? I went. Go. They see something in you, an ability, a talent that you've been given. So do this. It'll be a blessing. I want to wrap this up. And I got a slide here about the highly functioning church. We had the old boy throwing the javelin. I want to talk to you about the tip of the spear. Are you the tip of the spear? You know, back here we got the handle. And here's the elders. And they're equipping and they're training. They give us direction. That's oversight. Below that, we got teachers and evangelists. All these guys are teaching. Who? The members. That's the church. That's the saints. You know what we need? We need singing. And we need good singing. And I think we're blessed here to have good singing. And I don't know if you know how many opportunities we've been given because we have good singing. It's tremendous the opportunities that we've been blessed with because of that. So I want to encourage you. Every church service, sing out. Sing loud. Sing with all your heart because it matters. We need people praying. That's important, isn't it? Because prayer matters and prayer changes lives. Did you know something? We need digital media. Do you know that? We do. Now, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I don't really think I've got a talent for it. But I want to tell you something. People today, they search for things. They look for churches. And they use digital media. So we need that. We need people who know how to do that. And Did you know what? We need people that are friendly. We need people that when strangers walk in the door, they'll get talked to and they'll get visited. We need people not just go sit down. We need people to visit with them. You know what? We need meals. We have a lot of meals, don't we? We need that. That's helpful. We need peace in the congregation. We need fellowship, don't we? To spend time with one another. We need deacons. We need people willing to visit the sick. I don't know if you've noticed, but we need communion. We need it every Sunday. And somebody's got to do that. I don't know who done it today, but you done a good job. It was good. All those things are needed. We need public relations. We need a good name in the community. We need a little bit of advertising. All those things are important. We need building care. We need this building clean and pretty for this upcoming meeting. That's important. We need contribution. We need money put in the plate. That's very important. We need discipleship, and we need Bible studies going on in that area. You know what? We need counseling because we have people that struggle. I do and you do, and we need good, wise counsel. We need personal work. We need gospel meetings. We need teacher trainings. We need setting up studies, and we need conducting Bible studies. We need men and women studies we need love we need a lot of teaching but the tip of the spear is the gospel we need to have the opportunity to preach the gospel because that's what's going to change people it takes a whole lot to make that work and work well that's the idea all this stuff here all that is simply to support this why else do we have a Facebook page? Why? Why else do we visit the sick? We say, well, we want to help the sick. Yes, we do want to help the sick. We want to help the spiritual sick. We want to go to heaven. mean why do we have a church building? I don't know if you know it or not. We could have church in a brush arbor. I've never done it. We had church in a tent one time. I seen detail his tie about beat him half to death. He's the only preacher I ever seen. He took his tie off while he was preaching, threw it down. Could we do it in a tent? Yes, we could. Why do we have a building? Because we believe it's helpful to the spreading of the gospel. Why do we set up studies so people can be taught? Why do we have personal work? So people can learn. Why do we have counseling? So people can overcome their problems and trials and temptations and make it to heaven. That's the idea. And I hope you see that. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 11. Wherefore always we pray always for you. Let me start again. Wherefore also we pray always for you. That our God would count you worthy of this calling. And fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you worthy of this calling? Do you realize that the work of the church is the greatest work there is? It's the greatest work. Yeah, there's a whole lot of benevolent groups that do good things and help people. All those kind of things. There's a lot of organizations that do good. There's things that people devote their whole lives to. I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing greater than the work of the church. There is nothing greater than the work of the gospel. There is nothing better. Are you worthy of this calling? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.